It means that a Christian can know anything he cares to know. Father, we exalt and magnify your holy name. Help us, O God, thereafter, as you have imparted to us for the past five, five days, to continue in the knowledge of the power that we have received, that on a daily basis we will understand you in increasing measure and manifest you to the fullest. This we ask and thank you it is done. Ask we ask in Jesus' anointed name. Somebody say amen. Turn to someone beside you and welcome them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let you can sit down, please. Please be seated in the heavenly places. You know, this today is um, the first Sunday of, of September. Not only that, it is the it is the last day of the victory night. So we were supposed to be here tonight, but it was decided tomorrow yesterday that because we have a team of people going to, to Israel. And, uh, okay, how many are we going to Israel? 42. Excluding me. And so we are then 44. Yeah, that's what I was saying because I know that those of us going to Israel are 40 something. So we are 44 going to Israel tomorrow. And because of that, we have been in the barrage of God's unction in the past few days. So that we didn't have time to pack our load and get ready for the journey. And because of that, we are finishing the victory night in this service. And then we are moving in, you know, so that people can go and get themselves ready. You know, last year, 25 members of this church went to Israel. And this year, we are 44. When I saw the list of those who were going, I was not shocked. Or amazed, but I was happier. Now, I wanted to show you the photographs of our last trip, but a couple of things will happen today because I'll be going to New Cross. And things took, things happened on earth overnight, which I need to address to you in line with the Holy Spirit and prophecy. So because of that, I won't be showing you that. But why should we go to Israel? You need to know why we should go to Israel. Does the Bible command Christians to go to Israel? No. The Bible didn't say that. But why would Christians go to Israel? I think it's a normal thing that if a man falls in love with another person with intention of marriage, the first thing that comes to your heart is, especially if the person is from another country, you really want to know his people. Is that correct? 
Because of the love you have for that person. You want to know what culture the person grew from. You want to know where the person is coming from. You want to know the family of that person. And then you will endeavor to just go and see where was he born. Who are his parents? Who are his blood family? And then you will love them as you love the person you want to marry. I'm talking about a normal human being. Like myself. You will learn their language. You will learn their culture. You want to make sure you do everything to satisfy the person. Anything apart from that is no love. I think Jesus Christ was born in Israel. I believe very much that those who believe in him should go there. Because when you travel to Israel, it will change the whole of your perspective about Jesus. It changes the whole of your orientation. I just finished with New Cross. Now let me tell you some few things I told them. We will be going through, once you arrive tomorrow night, we will be arriving in Tel Aviv. But we will go from Tel Aviv straight away to Jesus' village. We will be going through Capernaum, and we'll be walking through the story of the ministry of Jesus Christ. We will, we will pass through um, Magda, Magdala, where the you know demons were cast out of Mary Magdalene. We will go through Rachel's well. We will go through um, uh, the the house of Peter, the compound of Peter. His family compound. And you will discover that in the village of Peter, Peter's compound was the biggest. So they were very rich. Jesus didn't call failures. He called successful men. They were not fishermen that used string to catch fish. They used trawlers. We will go through um, the very place where they brought the man who was cerebral palsy. And the roof, where the house where they opened the roof, and Jesus raised the man in, Mark, in the book of Mark. We will go through that. We will go through Gethsemane. Well, before we come to Gethsemane, we will go through in, uh, uh, the Sea of Galilee. The very sea where Jesus crossed over to, to cast out demons of the madman of Gadarene. You will see Gadarene, and we will go through that sea. We will ride the boat, the kind of boat that Peter used to ride in those days which Jesus stood in to preach the gospel. We're going to ride that boat. And we're going to go to the same river of Galilee. And you will see many, many areas of, of um, interest along the course, which will challenge you. Then we will go to the Mount of Beatitude, where Jesus Christ read the Beatitude. And we're going to read the Beatitude on the same mountain. And we're going to break bread there. Then we'll leave there and visit some other scene within the region. You will see, you know, when they say that Jesus was going from one village to the other, one town to the other, sometimes in your mind you think it's just a straight road and like that. No, he went through mountains. You will see the roots of Jesus Christ. He will go through mountains. The next village may be after this huge mountain in the other part of the mountain. And how he walked through those courses, that same course we walked through, and we will explore the whole of um, 
Capernaum and Galilee, which is on the northern region. We will go to Golan Heights. You will, we will go through this road that Abraham came from Iran, the land, Iraq, the land of Or, and entered into Israel. And the same route, Paul had the vision when he was going to Damascus. Just the same route. And we'll go through all that. We'll go through, uh, um, you know, uh, the route from, from Galilee to Israel. When the Bible says that Jesus went a Sabbath day journey, which is about four days really, non-stop. And we see that route. They preserve those roads. You will see Jordan. So when the Bible talks that Jesus went to Jordan, when you are in Israel, Jordan is just across the river. You know, built area. You will see all that. John the Baptist, of course, went to Jordan and did a lot of work in Jordan itself. Then we will go through the River Jordan. We will baptize people in the River Jordan, which I will have shown you those who are baptized and they have a baptismal certificate for it. I baptize everybody, then I baptize myself. I will baptize myself again next week. Hallelujah. You can be baptized 40 times, it doesn't matter. There is no way they told you to baptize for one time. If you just feel like swimming, dip yourself. Hallelujah. Remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. That is symbolism of baptism. That we share with him in burial, and then we share with him in resurrection. I was baptized as a young man three times before I knew the meaning of baptism. Because anytime they said, you want to work for the Lord, I go out. And they would just baptize me. So, but whatever the case may be, we will do that. Those of you who are going, when you go to River Jordan, they will not permit you to enter that river with ordinary cloth. You must put on a white garment and... Um, you know, they have white gowns there that we buy from them and we put it on and we go and do our baptism. We will also go to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, we're spending four days. We're spending three days in, in the um, uh, Galilee area and then we go to Jerusalem. We'll spend more time in Jerusalem and we will go through the place where John the Baptist was born, the very spot where he was born, where he grew up before he went to the wilderness. Then we will go to the mountains where he went. When the Bible says wilderness, Many of you think that it is bush area. No, it's not bush area. I won't tell you what it is until you get there. I will tell those who are going. If you want to know what it is next year, go with us. So we will go to the caves where Elijah and the rest of them went. We will go through. You will see what the cave is. When we talk about caves in the rock, where they went and they encountered God. We will go through uh, where Jesus was born. We'll go to the old Jerusalem. We'll first show you that. And then we'll show you, we'll stand in a position where you see the new Jerusalem. That's the Jerusalem today. You will go through Matthew 24. When Jesus spoke and he walked and he spoke to the temple of Solomon. That there will be nothing standing on this temple. And you will see that it is true. One of the things that we challenge you is that Israel had power to have blown that place up. But they couldn't touch it. Because Jesus prophesied that. that that Satan will be set up on the temple of Solomon because of Israel's rebellion. I know Israel is so powerful and so, you know, sometimes irrational in the sense that they can, when war came from Syria to them, the same day uh, Egypt was advancing to Israel and all around them, only five days they caused the whole Arab nation to surrender. And in that war, which was led by um, uh, uh, Cherez, uh, Simon Perez, was part of those who for the 
In that war, the soldiers of Israel saw angels. They are not born again, but they saw angels operating in the war. Because there is no way five nations can come against just Israel. Little small country and not overpower them. And at the time of weakness of Israel. Okay. And, and their leaders said that they know that the angel of, of Israel fought the war. They, they, went, they fought Syria on one side. And they fought the Arabians, Egyptians and Arabs on the other side. Until they almost entered into Damascus. Syria gave up. Then they almost entered into Cairo. Egypt begged. But in the, even I was watching it on BBC, when BBC was showing the documentary, and I was amazed, BBC affirming that there is a supernatural intervention, this is not human. But haven't Israel become so powerful like that? When you get to the, to, the, to the temple of Solomon, you will wonder why they didn't blow it up and build their own thing there. I mean, they only go there to cry because Jesus says so. Now, Israel will make Bible more real to you. But I will say something to you also. Why Israel? The land of Israel is not just like any other land. Because when Jesus will come, according to the book of Second Peter, and he will destroy this earth and the heavens that have been, and he will, he will create a new earth and a new heaven, Israel will be the capital of our operations. You read the book of Isaiah when the Bible says that the lion will eat grass. It is in that creation that it's talking about. It's not in this life. After this bad world is finished, you will see a new earth and a new heaven for those who make it, who are born again, and you follow Jesus to the end. People who will not um, compromise the faith of Christ like we read throughout the week, and we rapture with him. We will be the one. But Israel will be our capital. So if it will be our capital, why can't we go there now? If you don't go there now, you can't appreciate the new capital that Jesus is going to create. So it's a wonderful thing to go to Israel. Now let me tell you a final testimony about Israel. January, I went to uh, Greece for a minister's conference in Greece. And it happened that the ministers of Greece told me that any child born in Greece by a foreigner is not given residence, talkless citizenship. They read, they study, you have doctors among them, you have lawyers among them, engineers among them. Children who grew born there at 35, 40, they didn't give them any citizenship. And the ministers who have been there for 40 years, 35 years, 25 years, they didn't even give them residency. They give them visa every year. And some, they don't even give them anything. If you leave, you can't come back. I'm talking about Israel. So, when they told me that, I said to them two things. The first thing that came to my mind is the uh, governmental issue. I said, I'm doing the papers that is going to be published very, very, very shortly on the single market. And one of the areas I'm looking at is the reason for the problem of Greece. So that I'll be able to advise the European government on the remedy. Because my paper is to analyze the single market and Brexit and advise European government on the need for rethink in the four pillars of freedom. And in that, certainly, I will soon be having to do with the government of Iceland and the government of Greece, because, you know, it is very much towards them. And I told them that when I go back to England, I will start working with the Greek embassy here. 
which is quite easy for me because I'm writing the papers. I'm involved with the single market, I mean, European Commission, so that I'll be able to close gap with them and then bring this up because it's contrary to the human rights, European Human Rights Act, that, that attitude. Okay? And I understand how I can pin that down in law and sort them out. That was my decision. But at the same time, I told them that there is a faster way. Because we will go through academic way, we will get there maybe about four years. But there is a faster way. I said the faster way is that when I minister among you and the Spirit of God come upon me, I will make declaration. And when I make declaration under the unction of God, is binding. So, we started our meeting. And I think on the second day or so, the power of God came so mightily, just like in this Holy Ghost convention, we are finished now. And when the power of God comes in, I bask into it, because that is a time of opportunity. At that time, you tell a limb to walk, they will walk. You tell a blind to see, they will see. By God himself, because he's present. And so when I spoke, I began to speak concerning the Prime Minister. And the Prime Minister of Greece was an atheist. And I made declaration that within six months to 18 months, the law will change the law of this country. Every child born in this country by foreigners shall be citizens. And then you, their fathers, will be given your rightful stay. And the rest of you, our fathers, will be given citizenship of this country. And I spoke into the Prime Minister, salvation of the Lord. Because the work of Greece in the scripture, how God had used Greek land to bring the gospel of Christ into the hands of us. And I began to declare into their parliaments, into their judiciary, and all stuff like that. Do you know something? I left Greece after that meeting. When I went back to Greece in the, the, the Prime Minister of Greece in the second month just decided I want to go to Israel after I spoke in January. He went to Israel for diplomatic uh, visit and he asked to go to see the tomb of Jesus and where Jesus was born. So they took him to the sepulchre. When he got to the sepulchre, he stood. You know, it's, it's strange. For the government of the president of a nation to come for a diplomatic meeting and is asking to go to visit the tomb of Jesus Christ. When he got there, as he was looking at the tomb, the Spirit of God hit him and he began to weep like a baby. Mr. President, he sobbed. They couldn't control him to the place where the media had to carry it. He wept and wept. He couldn't move. Everybody had to wait for him to finish whatever there is happening to him. They don't know it. He doesn't believe in God. But somebody doesn't believe in God. I don't know they can cry. You know, the fact is that when a man meets his maker, nobody will introduce him to him. When Paul met Jesus Christ on the way to Damascus in Acts chapter, chapter uh, 9, he said, he said, who are you, Lord? When Jesus said, why persecutest thou me? Paul said, who are you, Lord? And then he said, I'm Jesus, why will you persecute? He said, my Lord, what shall I do? Now, when your maker appears to you, he will destroy everything the devil has put inside you. <laughs> he will. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> and that is what this week is all about. We have enjoyed the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, beyond margin. The man came back from that trip from Israel and he 
ask that every foreigner who gave birth here, all their children should go and get residency and citizenship. Then he said that their parents who have lived there for years should apply. They should give them stay, and those who are qualified, they should give them citizenship. The people were shocked. By the time I went to Israel, to Greece, in June, is it? All their children have been given citizenship within four months. But you see how God brought the prophecy to be? The man went to the land where Jesus was born. He stepped his feet on the spot where Jesus, on Golgotha, and the Spirit of Christ, Holy Spirit of God, arrested him. And he came back and he brought the prophecy to pass. Remember the book of Luke? When Mary saw the angel and the angel said, you will conceive and have a child. And Mary said, how can this be? He said, the Spirit of the Most High will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that which you are carrying shall be the Son of the Most High. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. I say that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of power, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of the fear of God. I love it. Isaiah, what is that? Beautiful. If you are looking at others speaking, where were you in the week? Hallelujah. Tell somebody you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. So, about Israel is a good place to go. Is there anything mystical about it? No. It's just real. To go back to your own country is not mystical, it's real. Hallelujah, somebody. So when we come back from this Israel tree, we'll come and give a testimony. Now we have been talking about the Holy Spirit. Over this week. I have just about 10 minutes to speak. Or 15 minutes and then we'll go and break bread. The reason why we're talking about the Holy Spirit this week is because God told me that many of us who are believers do not really understand what God has given to us. A lot of lectures have perverted what a believer is and ought to be. And Satan is breathing more threats to shipwreck the sins of God on earth, to give them a religion rather than Christ. And we recognize that Jesus Christ said in the book of John 14, word verse, What verse is it? I want the person on that projector to be showing me. When I want to talk, you must read my mind. Eh? If you love me, he said. So, and then he said, if you love me, you will obey my command. And then having said that, he said, and I, shall we do it together? So to those who obey the command of Jesus, the counselor is theirs. Now, let me derogate a little bit, or maybe an addendum. We investigated to understand 
Who are those who obey the command of Jesus? And I give you the book of 1 John 2. Let's read through very quickly what the Bible explains as those who fear him and obey his command. It says in verse 1 of 1 John 2, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. So we understand the fact that those who are God's children should refrain from sinning. And then it says, But if anybody does sin, that is if you made a mistake, we have one who speaks on the Father or uh, speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Then the next verse. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know, and this is the answer, that we have come to know him if we do what? Obey his commands. So we understand that not everybody who goes to church knows Jesus. Those who know Jesus obey him. That is what distinguishes us. And they are the ones that Holy Spirit can manifest upon. Hmm. It says further that, the man who says I know him, but does not do what he commands is what? Blessed is the man who works on the council of the wicked or sit in seat of scoffers or stand in the ways of sinners. And I told you, any friend that makes you sin, cut them off. <laughs> you are better than to have friends who will lure you to sin. You know, people like talk about that. Run down everybody. The spirit in them is not the spirit of Christ. They may be part of the church. You have to cut them off. You have to confront them. That devil speaks through you. Don't come near me anymore. Really, the Bible says in the book of Romans, when we looked at that again, 12, that you should have nothing to do with them. Be careful. Your life is your life. You can't be what you are not. And what you are not, what you are is determined by what you give to God. In obedience. Satan look for you and I to shipwreck us and make us regret in life. We have to guard our own soul. Guard our own hearts. No relationship should make you respect sin. Or ignore God and not confront and rebuke a sinner when they attempt to make you sin. Because silence is consent. And when God punishes the sinner, he punishes you. I would get it now. That scripture tells us, who, the man who says I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Look at the next verse. But if any man, anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Not by confession. Not by coming to church. We know we are in him because we obey him. We love him. That's how we know we are in him. I beg you, make sure your Christianity is not just verbal. I will take you to deeper waters in two minutes. Your Christianity should be an encounter or a renewed, transformed life on earth. That is evident to everybody around. I will together now. Satan doesn't want you and I to be there. He wants us to have a form of godliness and go to hell. 
Are we together? But we have to make up our mind. Nobody who goes to school and escort them graduates. You know, I was talking about the, the you know, yesterday, uh, a, a, a man of God came to our midst, um, Abraham Olale, Bishop Abraham Olale. And he was sitting there, and when the power of God came down, I was leading people in prayer. I just, I opened my eyes and I saw his eyes was like this, he was like a drunken man. And I knew that the Holy Spirit was talking to him. I would mean that. When we finished, I didn't give you a microphone. He came and grabbed the microphone from my hand. And he began to speak about Christ with Tabernacle Church youths. All what he said are the things God had told us. You know? He began to speak about what I've told you many years ago, what I've told you recently and all stuff like that, and what is really happening among us. And how God will use the members of this church to bring sanity to this nation. Yeah? I was listening to him. But I began to also examine what he says. You know, they will be giving forms to all those who left secondary school in this church and those who graduated from primary school, that is GCSE, and those who left A-levels, and those who graduated in first degree and master's degree and PhDs this year. And we are going to, you are going to write down, you know, all the subjects you did and the grade you got and those who are undergraduates, you know, what course subjects you did, grade you got and PhDs and, and stuff. Because the government of our country have told us, ask us, you know, Christian leaders, especially black leaders, that how are we affecting our community? And they have told us that we should let them know what is happening in our community so that the image of our community will change. And this year we have said that we are going to showcase the children of Christ with Tabernacle. At least we have recorded 20 who came out with first class in their degrees this year. And we recorded children are coming to me now after the GCSE exam. There are children in this church who had 11 Easter's. They had five Easter's in their level. And it is common now among them. Some have three Easter's, 11 A's, and all stuff like that. The one who had one B. Whereas he has about 12, uh, 10 A-stars or something like that. He lamented over that bee. And one of the things he says that, what will I tell the apostle? And the dad said, the apostle will heal you. Because you have these A-stars. That bee, don't worry. Just one. Now, and these children in this church, not only that, spiritually they are so deep. When they watch a man lie on television, kids will say, that's a, that's a lie. The Bible didn't say that. Now, I told you a few months ago that I, have, I am a successful man because I have raised five generations, I promise God, in this city. If I die, I have people 10 years is one generation, 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, down line my age, who understand the God that I preach. Who live by the standard of the God that I preach? Who will turn this nation upside down? If I die, my work can never die. For another hundred 
and something years. Proud of them. They are not only successful in academics. They are deep in God. You can't call white black for them. And that is the reason for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit don't operate on a man because you go to church. He operates on a man because you fear the Lord. Uh, in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20. Don't go, to, don't go there in my, on the board. Just leave this one. Look, no, uh, um, not Christian church. In, uh, I will talk about that later on. GL. In the book of um, um, Second Chronicles, uh, if, uh, no, uh, sorry, uh, chapter twenty-six, chapter twenty-six, First Chronicles, chapter twenty-six. I suppose it should be. Let me have that. And you come back to this one. Uzziah. No, go to Second Chronicles 26 then. 4. Second Chronicles 26, 4. It says, this is talking about Uzziah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Just as his father Amaziah had done. Look at the next verse. Uzziah, which is he, sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. And look as I read the next line. As long as he saw the Lord, God gave him success. And I told you, anybody who goes to church or not, if you do not have a Zechariah over you, your life is wasted. If I were to hear is God will do it for you. You will overcome. You will make millions. You are going to hell. You have chosen your path. On earth you will never succeed. Because for Uzziah to reign as a king at the age of 16 and be successful and conquer nations, there must be a spiritual man who knows God face to face. Who instructed him in godliness. Our testimony is not enticing words of men. But they come by the demonstration of kingdom power. That your faith will not rely on the intellect of man. Because every day you grow older, you will never recover until death. And I am so glad that my Uzziah's here. Under the Azekariah Apostle Williams. Are having great success. Hallelujah. <laughs> Devil can't do anything. You know, somebody came to report to me. Ah, my son, you know, went away with boys and gangs. I said, leave him alone. I said, did I raise him here? He said, yeah. I said, forget it. A, a company of goats will make the most maladious judgments if they saw a lion cub. And they stole him to their camp. Are you with me now? The lion does not need to go for his cub. For the cub of the lion will grow in the camp of goats. And he will grow to become a lion. The day that his sanity shall come upon him, he will feed 
on them. I don't fear anybody being misled in this church who are my young ones. Only one few too also. They are coming back. The camp that took them will regret for eternity. Unless if Jesus didn't appear to me. He says, all that the Father has given me are mine. And he said, nothing can take them away from me. Forget it, my friend. I don't serve a God I was told. I serve a God who appeared unto me also. (laughs) Hallelujah. So God, in the midst of us, has proven himself to be God. Go back to that, my verse 6 of that line. Verse 6 says, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. And I told you in CFT Church, listen to me. You must walk as Jesus walked. You must walk as Jesus walked. That is, live like Jesus lives. Do everything in your power to love God. To love God more than everything. Live a standard that will make God proud. Alright, go back to my John. Two Johns and we finish. If you love me, Jesus says, therefore, you will obey my command. Then I will ask my Father, and he will give you what? Another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. We are his Holy Spirit. We are his Holy Spirit. We are his Holy Spirit. (laughs) We are his Holy Spirit. So don't take the temple to where he doesn't like. Don't open your mouth to utter words he doesn't like because he's always inside you. That's why I said to you that, you see, someone is the best of all the Psalms. Company, bad company, corrupt manners. Show me the people you flock with. I will tell you your future without being a prophet. God is in me. Every hour of the day I'm conscious of it. One of the reasons why believers should fear nothing. 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 I mean nothing. They put gun into your head, tell him to blow it. Fear nothing. Somebody, you know, you know, somebody um, tried to intimidate you talking about spell or some powers. Nothing. Those things are useless, not to a believer. Because Isaiah 44 verse 9 applies. Those who serve idols are nothing. The things they treasure are useless. Those who speak for them are blind. Once you know what the Bible says, God is in me, then how can anything God created intimidate me? Impossible. But I must also be in Him. And that is where we have work to do. Okay. This God in me, what did Jesus say He will do? John 16, verse 12. We'll go through that very quickly. This Holy Spirit of God inside you. What did Jesus say he would do to you who have received Jesus as the Lord and Savior and made up your mind to serve him as long as you shall live? He says, I have more to say to you. More than you can bear. You can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truths. Come on now. 
I can never overexplore this. Permit me to extend my time a few minutes. I want us to look at this critically. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will tell you every truth. Look, it means that if somebody is standing before you and lying to you, you can know it if you want to. You can know it if you want to. No matter how truthful that lie looks like, a Christian can know it if you want to. What about if you are confused about your tomorrow, your future? You can understand and know it if you want to. Because the God who desires your future lives inside. You don't need to go to a prophet, a born again, going to a prophet for what? For what? People who sought prophet in the Old Testament were people who are not born again. And the Spirit of God is only in one man. They have to go and seek him. You who is born again have the Holy Spirit inside you. And you go to another man who purportedly have the Holy Spirit. Who has the Holy Spirit inside you. Go and think about it. How wise is that? You have God inside you. You left your home. And you are going to another man who you believe he has the same God. And to talk to the one who lives inside you. If you had understood at home, you would have known better than that man who is telling you. You don't need anointing for this. You only need understanding. God is in you, period. You feel it, you don't feel it, doesn't make, it doesn't matter. You don't have to feel you are a man to be a man, do you? Or feel that you are a woman and then you are a woman. Some people feel that they are men and they are, they are, they are women. The only thing is just that they cannot, they cannot have men organs. And some people who are men believe, they feel that they are women. And I've never seen any one of them, but they are feeling grow breasts and grow womb. Though they feel they are women. That feeling comes from the pits of hell. Hallelujah somebody. Yeah, yeah, I can prove it. <laughs> a young boy came to me, was brought to me yesterday. The parents said that he's, he's, he's born again of course. And he began to hear voices that, you know, there is no God. God is not real and stuff like that. Yes. Question the existence of God. And I spent five minutes with him. By the five minutes, he just changed his mind. He believed that there is God. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Because the evidence that there is God is all around you. Somebody can feel anything. You can think anything. A, a person thinks he should walk naked and he sweep himself naked and he started running about naked. It's a man who was normal before. And he felt that he should be eating from the dustbin. He went and started eating dustbin. Oh, he felt that he should bath with water from the gutter and started bathing with water from the gutter, drinking. I know one of them who gave bath, okay, and she took her baby and she went to the gutter and washing the baby with the gutter water and giving the baby water of gutter to drink. It's a thought. It's a thought. Somebody, felt, somebody says that I, I killed somebody because I was hearing the voice telling me, kill him, kill him, kill him, and he shot him. Now, those thoughts, you won't tell me that they just come because somebody just wanted to be like that. No, they come from a source. And you can classify those thoughts under moral, moral ground as evil. And if those thoughts are classified evil, certainly they must come from a source of evil. Call that source anything is the devil. I mean that. I, when, when somebody says to me that he doesn't believe in God, I just tell them he's a fool. Because the Bible says a fool says in his heart, there's no God. Because if you look at the existence of God from any ramification, you can argue it. And somebody who just decided to help other people who are suffering and all stuff like that, and others felt, what does it mean to me? You can't tell me that that one who just thought so, thought so because it was developmentally. No, there is a source that brought that idea. 
Somebody who had been doing bad before and just changed his mind. There is something that came again, you know, up, up in that person. There's a source that affected the thought and changed the thought. As it is that the source of the one who stripped himself naked and continued to do all these odd things, we call him mad. Alright? So also, we come from evil spirits. So also, somebody cannot do good except by the Spirit of God. Listen to me. Our mind is a nesting place for the enemy. That is the reason why we cannot give our thoughts to evil. Because whatever as a man thinketh in his heart, so his life shall be. Hallelujah, somebody. This spirit of truth is given to you and I to teach us all truths. All truths. I say all truths. All truth. I say all truth. All truth. I say all truth. Don't isolate Holy Spirit from some truth of your life. He will teach you about your married life. He will teach you about your fatherhood or your motherhood. He will teach you about abuse or a child to your, to your parents. He will teach you about your career. He will teach you about God. He will teach you about anything in politics. Name it. Name it. Every career he will teach you. I say this to you therefore. Turn your heart to gain knowledge in this house. A person who decides to stop getting knowledge will stop where he is. Holy Spirit wants to reveal all truth. Look, those of you American doctors, Holy Spirit, a, a prophet spoke, and I believe in that prophet, that's why I mentioned him, last year, that this year, Jesus appeared to him last year and told him that before the end of the year, he will give cure of cancer to somebody on earth, and that this year it will become validated. It will become known. The truth about Holy Spirit is this. If you are in medical field, every disease that kills people, Holy Spirit wants to show somebody the cure to it. But if a doctor stops reading, how will you understand it? Therefore, you have God inside you from who all the senses and the brain to be a medical practitioner comes but you have to first recognize that that God is in you, and He sent you to medicine for a purpose, not just to be injecting people and be treating them. He sent you to change the whole face of medical practice on earth. When you set your mind to gain understanding, it makes a difference. Holy Spirit cannot take you beyond your yield. What about those of you in science? Somebody invented Facebook. It came by a revelation. Somebody invented YouTube. He came by a revelation. And let me say this to you. Some of you have read more in computer science and you know more in computer science than these folks. They invented this when they were young, in teenagers. Some of them. Listen to me. If somebody who is not a believer can invent something as a teenager, how much more can a believer who has the Spirit of God in him? Only if you can set your heart to gain understanding. We waste our time too much by the devil. The time has come for Christians to understand prayer and the word. Prayer and the word and knowledge. That's all. Anything not profitable, don't engage in it. You don't have to, to uh, uh, one o'clock in, in, in a day. One o'clock will come once and it will pass. Once that pass, you can regain it. 
How long will Christians be having big dreams without turning to the one who can make it happen? Inside them, you have God in you. He knows your business more than you. There is nothing you are studying. He knows it better than you. All knowledge comes from him. That's the reason why the book of Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 and 2. Let's read together. What does he say? Uh-huh. Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. Quick please for me. Look, we are coming back to this one. Read this scripture. A shoot will come out from the storm of Jesse. From his root a branch will bear fruit. Did you see that now? So what the next verse say? The spirit of the Lord will rest on me. Me, me, me. I am the shoot. I am the shoot. Come on now. I am the shoot. God sent Jesus. Jesus sent me. Holy Ghost empower me. Anything God spoke to Jesus as my senior brother, he spoke to me as the second brother. He said, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon who? Me. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of power, the spirit of knowledge, and what? The fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. It will rest on who? Me. This is the word of the Lord. And can you imagine? You who the spirit of God is raising upon. The world is crying for help. And you two are helping them crying for you are the solution. You are the solution. I have said this to you, you know. <laughs> Listen to me in Christ's faith tabernacle. <laughs> Your age is not the barrier. A friend of mine began his life pursuits. By the age of forty, he has got to the peak of the nation. Misunderstanding God. So he used his arms. And that sent him out of the nation. Took him out of his office. Because he tried to help God. That sent him into 40 years where he has to learn humility. As a shepherd. So he forgot about his dreams. That he will never be the deliverer anymore. But after he had learned penitence enough. That is to humble himself. God appeared to him at the age of 80. Can prophecy wait for 80 years? Yes. About Jesus, he waited for 4,000 years. Listen to me. When God appeared to Moses at 80, he has every reason to tell God what he was saying. That God, you made a mistake. I am 80 years old, you know. Not only that, I am a stammerer. I am born, born, and he moved God to say to him that who gave you that mouth to stammer am I not the one who created your mouth and put stammer there and you are there there <laughs> you know what God is saying there Moses tried every excuse to tell God that you see I'm not qualified for that job like you and I give excuses but you know what no more excuse. If you woke up at the age of 70, yeah, to pursue destiny God written, as long as you set your heart to it with God, He will add more years to your age. That's why Moses lived 120 years. 
You know, someone said to me, someone called me in this week, you know, one of my sons, and he missed mommy's birthday. Uh, and he, he told me that he wasn't informed, you know. And he said, ah, he said, daddy, you know, I tell you, congratulations for mommy's birthday. You know, I, I wish I knew about it. And blah, 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 blah. So we kept on talking and then we talked to the area of, um, now, you know, you, you are now free. After all these years, you have been going back to school to read. And it says that now we can... I said, well, we are planning something, some things for next year. We will plan. Now we'll work together for next year. And he said, oh, yes, now you are free. I said, I'm not free. If it's for reading, he said, ah, what are you saying? I said, I'm not finished reading. He said, no, you can't say that. I said, I haven't finished reading. He said, you can't say that. I said, next year, I have three exams to do. I have New York Bar to do. I have Institute Arbitrators to complete. I have the Silex to complete, which I've started. And moreover, I'm starting my PhD in law. He said, what did you say? I said, I'm going for my PhD in law. He said, and you can cope? And I said to him, can a man determine the scope of coping when he has not begun an event? It is when you step your feet in it that you can determine the jurisdiction of the scope. Hallelujah. Then when you step your feet into it and you see the jurisdiction of the scope, you will just discover that your, your, your persona or, 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 or mind will expand to the jurisdiction. Look, to add more to what you are doing means to reduce the time you waste daily. I'm sure that the Canadian can confirm that. <laughs> you know, sometimes in the day we just don't do anything. Or you engage yourself in cleaning papers, catching paper, cutting paper, looking for what you should not look for. And before you know it, three hours is in your own house. You are marooning for three hours and you have not done any valid thing. It happened to you. It happened to me too. Hallelujah, somebody. What that means is that because we are disorganized, if we have put things at the right place, as you are getting them, you put them in the right place, you are getting them, you put them in the right place, you need it, you go sit and look for it and find it there. But sometimes we just put them anyhow because we, are, we just want to be anyhow. And when the day will come, we will begin to look. How many times have you told yourself that this table will never be littered anymore? And then a letter came, another letter came, a paper came, another paper came. And after some time, you have load here, load there, in your dining room. Is dining room we call it. But you have paper all over the, the dining table, and you say, I'm getting rid of all these things. Come on now. <laughs> you know what holiness makes a man? It makes you programize. When you start to programize the time, I'll pray at this hour, and I'll pray at this hour. It will affect the rest of your behavior. Listen to me. And that brother said that, Daddy... Because if you ask me that all these things you are going to read, what will you do with it? And I told him what I would do with it. I told him this is what I would do with it. I am fed up of hearing people complaining about ministers who are talking rubbish. I'm fed up of, up to yesterday, I still had visitation from one of the top ministers in Nigeria. The state of the church of God in Nigeria is apology. And yet people heal them. 
Jesus says, by their fruits we will know them. But in Nigeria, it's no more by their fruits. People held them. If a man of God in Nigeria can carry a rod and tell people to be praying to the rod, highly respected. He has got to the place where he carried the rod and said that, pray to this rod, you will get power. And people are praying. Pour oil on his coat and tell people, touch it, you will get your miracle. And people are doing it. That is idol worshipping clear. And people, if you speak against him in Nigeria, thousands and millions of people will attack you that who are you to speak against God's anointed? Because they are all deluded in their minds. Deluded. Every preaching leads to offering. Even if they cough, somebody must pay for it. Yes. So, with all this nonsense and mess, somebody needs to come out from next year. Okay? With a teaching that is straight and with a life that accomplishes it. And nobody will be able to tell me because you are a failure. That's why you are preaching the gospel. I will only ask you what is your career? And now it size up with you in your profession. To intimidate those who insult the name of the Lord. Then when I tell you about my encounters with God, <laughs> you will know that it's the same Christ yesterday, today, and forever. And the same Spirit is upon you. That's why God is raising all of you and giving you success in anything you do. Let me tell you something. We will take this world by storm. We will, make, we will give Satan sorrow. And we will give God joy forevermore. Holy Spirit lives in man. And he speaks the truth. Let me give you two and we will stop. I woke up this morning to hear that um, a prophecy God gave us here. 2004, I spoke about it. 2005, I spoke about it. I told you, I saw in the, in the, um, I saw in the um, Asian area, I think pointing towards North Korea and China, I mentioned those two countries. I said, I saw one of those nations manufactured a weapon and the Western world are not aware. I said, when that nation came up with a weapon, the Western world had no option but to sign treaty. Remember I told you that? Remember I told you that? I can't hear you yet. If you were there, raise your hand, those of you who were there at the time. Now let me say this to you. And I told you, I saw a stool with three legs and a ball in the midst of it. North Korea, Russia, and uh, China is the ball, North Korea, Russia, and Iran. Alright? And I said that ball began to rise. And in a short time it took over everything. And that ball will be the financier of these three governments. And I told you, when the Lord told me progressively along that vision, God told me the day that there will be crash in the stock exchange. And I told you that, sell your stock on Friday. By Monday there will be crash all over the world. And it was so. In this house. Let me tell you. It's on the news today. That North Korea overnight. Exploded a neutron bomb. Ten times. That of you know Hiroshima and Nagasaki. America saw it in the retro scale. 
South Korea soil and Japan soil. Now that man who works like this, he has announced today at British 730 that they have a, a rocket that can deliver that bomb into America. You know, last month we heard that it was going to try, you know, send a rocket. And then America said that we'll give you fire and fury. Now he has not said to them, I'm waiting for your fury. But know this, we have a bomb that is ten times bigger than Hiroshima. What that means is that that bomb, one of it, if they throw it in Japan, the whole of Japan will be wiped off. The whole of Japan. I would mean that. Look, when Holy Spirit speaks the truth, sometimes people feel it's a word of nonsense. The moment I, you know, in the morning on Sunday, I was reading my Bible, and then the Holy Spirit told me to put on the television. I put on television on Sunday morning. He said, put on television. And when I looked at the time, it was news. I just put it on. My television, sometimes it doesn't go off really. It's only the screen that go off, but the, the, this, uh, your something is working. So I, rever- I rewind it to the news and, and to, the, to, the, to the news of the hour. And I began to hear. And the Lord told me, did I not tell you? Did I not tell you? America should have stopped them. For years they were bragging. You know what I told mommy when I was coming? I said, if I can access um, Trump now, I will tell him not to say a word. Because the time that he has said that, let's go, they were talking, some were saying that, why should you go and attack him? There are a lot of us now. Let the rest of the world address this. But America should stay clear from this. Let us see the Western. But people who have been saying that don't attack, let them come and tell themselves what to do. The Lord has said they will form an alliance with that guy. Because they will never be able to. Because, you see, this is, this is a government that wants to die. And all their people are born. From conception, they tell them you are born to die. <laughs> Don't you see how they match? They match different from everybody. <laughs> everybody match. Everybody match straight. They match senselessly. The guy wants to die. And you know, in the Western world, we know how to kill. We don't know how to die. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Holy Spirit is good. When Holy Spirit told us that that weapon will be manufactured when the Western world is sleeping. And when that weapon will come up, they will have to sign it. I can tell you that the rhetorics of the West now must end up in a mutual agreement. Because God said it. You won't find any America bombing them. America won't bomb them. Those guys, they will force the needs of the Western world. I remember that time when the Lord said that China by 2010 will rule 75% of the global economy. And it is so now. It is so from 2010. Really, they published by the World Trade Organization standard that in 2010, the China were ruling 80% of global economy. I'm talking about the spirit of truth. Do you remember the Lord told us here that in our, in our calendar we wrote it, in the month of May this year, pray for the decision to be made by the British government. And it's written there in our calendar. In May, Theresa May took a decision 
that brought her scale down. I remember in January, God said that pray for Theresa May in the month of September and October. Because if she survived that time, she would not be removed. Do you recognize that four days now, they started talking about removing Theresa May? If you haven't had it, go and check your, your news. They are building up seriously. Four days they were talking about why she They even went to interview her in China. That do you think you should remain? In Japan. Can you imagine they are going to ask these people in this country who are media? Only God will help them. They are just asking. You don't ask African president that kind of question. <laughs> I don't know what is wrong with them here. At least president needs to be respected a little bit. The people appointed them. Why should they, the press go and ask about when they want to go? Who, who, who really appointed press to speak on my behalf? We didn't appoint press to speak on our behalf. They went to the woman and said, she's doing a good cause for the, for, the, for the country. They're asking her question that, don't you think that it's now for you to think about leaving? If it was me, you would have said that, now you go leave. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now you go leave your journalism. If you're asking me to leave, are you thinking of quitting journalism? That's the question. That's how you give her. But God has said it. Now they began to brew that now. And they began to flare the fire. And now it has ended up today. Talking about the division in conservative party. Over the great repeal bill. The great repeal bill. That is the bill that will empower our government to convert all EU laws, especially laws that affect women, leave, maternity issues, workers' rights. We didn't have it before. EU brought it. The great repeal B is to convert all our rights, human rights, into our law because we are not part of it. But you had what they are saying. Beneath the great repeal bill, you need to know this, is this. An unfettered power. In law, when we say somebody has unfettered power, which means the government ministers can decide on our behalf without consulting due process. The reason why we appoint MPs is so that they will represent our interests and anything the government will decide, our MP will argue it to make sure that it is protecting our interests. But the Great Repeal Bill overrides that. And the Labour Party said no. You need to understand, because you are a citizen. So when you hear, you just don't say, yeah, 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 yeah. You need to know what's going on. The Labour Party said no. And some conservative members said no. It's just like the case that was taken to the Supreme Court the other time, you know, about the progressive power. So, but you know why I'm telling you this? Because I want to understand prophetic. If the government of Theresa May is divided, then she may be removed. I would mean now. But the ground upon which they are divided is legitimate. And the other side, Alan David, you know, and the rest of them are saying that, look, just be loyal to party. And the people say, no, we will be loyal to conscience. We have a conscience. We can't just say, our party is being wrong, thing, let's follow them and do it. People need to know the truth, you know. Forget about all this nonsense that they're saying. But this is a fact. You see how prophecy is working. A woman who has been in peace, 
she had lied low since uh, June's uh, decision. She doesn't come out anymore to talk. Now she decided to go on the nation to negotiate. Suddenly, they brought something up. And before you know it, the party is dividing over an issue. And if the party divides and they support the Labour Party, they will stop the repeal bill. They will prolong the whole thing. Then there will be more calamity, more problem for her. The government, she can't manage again. What will happen? Is either she personally will resign, or you just some people say that we are talking about incompetence. The prime minister cannot be competent. But there was a prophecy by the Holy Spirit. You can know all things. There are many more things the Lord has spoken to me, which I've shared with you. There are many more things the Lord has spoken to me, which I'm here to share with you. Jesus will come, I believe, in my lifetime. I will talk to you about that when we come back. To give you evidence of why. Jesus, I believe, I won't die before he comes. And because of the evidences that is around and the prophetic that God is speaking. You can know the plans of God for your life. You can know the plans of God for your children. You can know the plans of God for your wife or your husband. I know the plans of God for Christ's tabernacle. And I tell you, Holy Spirit that is in me is the same Holy Spirit in you. You don't have different Holy Spirit. But someone say, Apostle, how do you have the encounters with the Lord? How does God open your eyes and show you things? How does God tell you what will happen in nations and all stuff like that? I tell you how. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, what a glory He sheds on our way. When we do His good will, He'll abide with us still. And with all who will trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust. Before we break bread, let me help you understand again. The Holy Spirit way. Teach you all truth. He will reveal to you all truth. Jesus says he will take from what is mine. He will make it known to you. So that we will not be confused in this end time. I will get the now. Do you remember the last joke? This, the American president now is how many years now? It's just going to one year, isn't it? So ten years ago when, when Obama was brought into light... And some people came from the U.S. involved with the Congress to mean New Cross. And they said they came because they want to know whether God has appointed Obama so that they know who to support. And I prayed for them. And the Lord said to me to tell them that Obama will rule for two terms. And then the Lord said, but look at the man that will take over from Obama. And I saw Trump. And he was walking. Very strong man. In his spirit. And God said, this is the man that will take over. He will bring back my word, the Bible, to the parliament, to the, to the White House of America. And he said, he will show America pepe. I told you, didn't I? Look, let me say this to you. Those who came, you know, for them, they want to know about Obama. They didn't want to know much about what will happen thereafter. 
But tell Obama that God has given him mandate, he should fulfill it. But unfortunately, he disappointed God. Alright? When I told you that this time last year, I remember, or oh, uh, the last time I went to Israel. Was Israel last year? Was November or something? Or was September? October. During the election last year, we were in Israel. And I had people following me. And when the media was saying that, you know, Hillary has got this, Hillary has got that, Hillary has got that. I had told my folks in America from March last year that, look, God of heaven told me that he will, he will put this man over the throne, all of you should support him, and move close to him. If you don't support him, and get close to him, he will be there, you will not have access. Thank God for them, all of them rallied around him, spoke with him, and said, we are, we are supporting you, because God said, you will be the next prime minister, uh, the next president. They are together now. But, on the day of election, till 12, we were awake, you know, doing some, I was doing my assignments. <laughs> Thank God I'm free for assignment now. <laughs> I was doing my assignment in Israel. <laughs> yes, I remember I was doing the, the, the international law of banking then. And uh, mommy was watching and said, ah, look at uh, this uh, uh, Clinton, they said. I said, forget about what they said. I'm going to bed. And some people text me, Apostle, you know, Clinton is having upper hand. There is no upper hand. When God speaks, I say, all of you go and sleep. I take them back, go and sleep. You will wake up tomorrow morning to see that the person God said, how it will be there is nobody's business. And I went to sleep in the morning. We woke up and a new breeze has blown over America. You know what I'm telling you this? What God has determined about you will come to pass. It doesn't matter the system in which you are. It doesn't matter how many people believe in you. It doesn't matter how many people do not believe in you. It doesn't matter what people say against you. You need to know this. The words of men against you cannot make you. It's what you believe in yourself that you are that can make you. That's the reason why nobody should be depressed by the nonsense of somebody. The Bible says once we eat their mouths. If you run the clock of your life by what people say. And you wait to seek the approval of men before you move. You will never reach your Canaan. Listen to me. The more people underestimate you, the better for you. It's not good for people to know how big you are. That is the Holy Spirit for you. If people think that this is how big you are, when they come closer, you are bigger. When you come closer, you are bigger. If they go like a mountain, you are bigger than it. That is the Holy Spirit from, for you. Whatever God has determined about you, that is what your life will become. Stand up on your feet and let's just give God praise this morning. Lift up your voice and give God the praise this morning. Oh Lord, my King, we exalt and magnify your holy name. Lift up your voice and thank the God of heaven. God of heaven, champion of heaven, God of everything. We magnify thee, O God. We magnify thee, O God. Somebody give him praise. Give him praise, give him praise. In Jesus' anointed name. Blessed are those those things the Lord will never count upon against them. Anybody who is born again can never be punished for the sins of his ancestors because you do not belong to them anymore. 
You are the generation of those who seek God. God has become your father. He has become your forefathers. So for adventure, there is an afflictor that has operated in anyone's life here because of your ignorance. Because Satan exploits ignorance. I declare by the reason of the blood of Jesus Christ and his body that was broken. It ceases from today. Can I say that communion service is for those who have accepted Jesus Christ. So when they pass this beside you, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, you may let it bypass you. But anybody who is not accepted Jesus Christ can do that before they get to you. To accept Jesus Christ is not anything too, too dramatic. It is for someone to come to conviction that he really wants God. And out of that conviction, you call to God and say to God, Look, I'm sorry for my life. I've not really impressed you. I surrender my life to you now. And I want to take over my life. Invite you, Jesus, into my heart. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. You say that out of a conviction in your spirit. Then you are born again. Once you have said that and you receive the Lord by your own confession, you have the right to partake in this. I wouldn't want to bow their heads and pray personally. If you are a Christian, you find that you have been struggling with a bad habit. You can ask the Lord to forgive you now. Every time you make decisions, you don't do it for the Lord. Just tell the Lord from your heart. You are sorry for it. She forgive you. If you have used your mouth to destroy other people, it's a very treacherous sin before the Lord. Tell the Lord to have mercy on you. And tell the Lord you will not do that again. You will repent. And never be involved in such thing anymore. If you have imagined evil in your heart against other people, tell the Lord that I'm sorry for this. And forgive me, Lord. And tell the Lord, I will not do that anymore. We must cleanse our heart and mind. And ask for mercy. Ask God for strength. To serve Him faithfully. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' anointed name, we are prayed. For I received from the Lord what I also pass unto you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats and eats the bread or drinks this, the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself therefore before he eats of this bread and drinks of this cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing or discerning the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak 
and seek and a number of you have fallen asleep but if you judge ourselves if we judge ourselves we will not come under judgment Lord we thank you for your blood, your blood that was shed we receive healing in our mortal bodies strength for tomorrow What an interesting time to be silent.